We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think the mood's similar to what it was in Oakland last year. Obviously, losing Chapman last year was a huge blow. But in saying that, his his personality was a big loss, more so even than what he was able to accomplish on the field. Like, he was that clubhouse leader. Um, Eloy's the same way. Like, he's that guy who is bubbly, smiley. He's able to kind of get everybody out of a bad mood pretty quickly. So we're not sure what the situation is with him this year, whether he's going to be rehabbing down here or in Chicago or wherever it is. But obviously... In an ideal world, he'll be around the clubhouse, being able to rehab around us as well, and then we, we still get that personality boost from him. But it's the same mindset as Oakland. It's that next man up mentality that we've got a deep enough roster, we've got a deep enough, uh, deep enough lineup that we can afford to take a hit here and there and, and still come out strong as long as we, uh, we have that next man up mentality. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We are broadcasting live through the Hyundai Sports Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And that was the voice of Liam Hendricks talking about the White Sox dilemma now that Eloy Jimenez is out for the next five to six months, and he compared it to the A's losing Chapman. And while that is a a, a like comparison, Bruce, uh, I I do think it may be more severe to deal with. There's two ways to look at it. Number one, the loss of a player capable of hitting 40 home runs, as Jimenez is. And number two, the fact the White Sox are well-equipped to handle a loss like that. They just have to change the way they may think of how they win. Now it's more of a defense and pitching approach perhaps and out slugging people or they do have some options but when you look at and I'll, I'll ask the same question that I've asked uh, listeners to the first hour 312-644-6767 how did the loss of Aloy Jimenez adjust your expectations for this White Sox season well you know taking a huge bat out of the middle of an order no matter how loaded you think a team is on paper is a really big hurdle to get over. It's huge. Um, He is, in my opinion, he's a top 10 uh, hitter in the American League. Wow. Uh, Even even though it's only been a sample size of him taking off in 2019, continuing in 2020 in a short season, uh, this guy's just a natural hitter. I mean, his natural stroke is to right center, left center. It's easy. It's just... I mean, as much as he is not a great baseball athlete, he's a gifted, very, very gifted natural baseball hitter. 
And those are very hard to find. And more importantly, David, to your point, very difficult to replace, no matter what type of other firepower you have. When, when, they, when the opposing pitcher, catcher, pitching coach get ready to prepare for a baseball game and they see Jimenez in the middle of that lineup, that's, that's a big barrier to get over mentally, just preparing for that in, in a ball game. And to, to not have that for most of the season, if not all the season, uh, that, that's huge. I mean, again, the White Sox have very good offense. They have a lot of firepower. Uh, Mancata is expected to be back at full strength and represent the type of player he was, which was one of the best in the American League in 2019. Uh, but you, you just can't really lose a player like that and not have its impact. Take it one step further. Uh, right. Hendricks and Larusa and everyone else talked about how this guy is a ray of sunshine every single day, every minute of the day that he's around the team. It's a smile. It's an easygoing way. It's a way of putting fun back into baseball that he brings that's going to be missed uh, almost as much as that bat in the lineup. Good points. It's kind of like living in a mansion and you have all of the all the things that you could ever have hoped for or dreamed of. And that's kind of what the way the White Sox entered spring training, their lineup, their bullpen, their rotation. They were living in the baseball equivalent of a mansion, and they had this luxurious pool in the back. And now they found out, you know what, the pool is broken. You can't, you can't use the pool. It's going to change how much you enjoy the summer, but you're still living in a mansion. you still got great manicured front yard. You still have every, everything that you need to enjoy life, and I think the White Sox still can have an enjoyable summer, and they can have everything that they wanted. Now, personally, I look at it and I think, okay, if I had the White Sox winning 95 to 96 games and thinking they were going to win the pennant, which is the way that I entered uh, spring training, my thoughts about a month ago, I don't know if I have them the World Series favorite out of the uh, American League now, I think it changes a little bit. I think they can still win the division. I think they still can win 90-plus games. I just don't know how confident I feel about saying, you know what, this is a – I'm going to go all Tim Anderson on you, and this is the best team in the American League now that they have lost such an important bat in the middle of their lineup. Well, it's huge, uh, but, you know, the game is still pitching in defense. And uh, as long as they, they keep their pitching staff in that – on paper, again, we go back to on paper, great-looking bullpen intact. If they were able to do that in some semblance and form throughout the 2021 season, the White Sox are going to be right there, okay, because that is a, an impactful bullpen. So even in games where you might only score two or three runs, they have the ability to shut the, the other team down and keep them down from the sixth inning on with a impactful looking, and again, I will say impactful looking bullpen is impactful as any probably in Major League Baseball this year. Great point, Bruce. And the onus falls on Andrew Vaughn and Billy Hamilton and Adam Engel and Lurie Garcia and the players themselves. But it also there's responsibility that probably Rick Hahn feels to seek replacements, to find creative solutions outside of the organization. And this is what he had to say when he addressed that particular situation and exploring those options on replacing Eloy Jimenez. As I said at the start, we will continue to have conversations and explore different opportunities for players outside the organization currently. But I don't think 
there's necessarily an urgency to get somebody in here. There's not a, a it's not July 29th and we have two days to figure this thing out if we're trying to add. Uh, so if something lines up that makes sense, we'll, we won't hesitate to move on it now. But if we decide there's just not that right move, we're better off sticking with what we have, uh, then conceivably that addition comes in a month or three or at the deadline. So we'll just have to wait to see what the opportunities are. It, it could Something could conceivably happen in the shorter term, but if it doesn't, it does mean that it's going to take all the way to the deadline. Bruce, you hear the names Cespedes, you hear the name Yasiel Puig, you hear Mike nice. Tockman in New York, you hear Jay Bruce, you hear a lot of different possibilities out there externally. What do you think? I think they have enough internally to even if uh, Vaughn goes back to being full-time DH or most of the time DH because you're going to have to leave that spot open for Grandal and for Abreu to get at bats. Uh, they're 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 not expected to play their position 160 times. So, uh, you know, you, you will have Vaughn sharing that. But even if Vaughn is not up to the task of left field, I think, you know, with Leori Garcia, with Hamilton, uh, they can produce runs maybe in a different way. You know, they have uh, some speed players on the team uh, that uh, a lot of teams do not have the luxury of in this day and age. So they are able to manufacture some runs uh, where other teams may not at the top of their order, you know, starting off with Anderson and Eaton most of the time. There, there's a function of uh, manufacturing runs, scoring, playing some small ball along with the other sluggers you have there. I think they have enough, but again, they can't afford uh, much slumping going on with uh, some of their big hitters. There is, uh, There's no room for that with Eloy not being in that lineup. We know that Tony LaRusa has experienced just about everything a manager can throughout the course of his Hall of Fame career. And I referenced the 2011 example with the Cardinals, with John Rooney, our conversation, recalling how in 2011 Adam Wainwright had Tommy John surgery in February. And the expectations for the Cardinals that season seemed to have shifted and would have changed and certainly didn't hurt them because they ended up winning the World Series that year. And that was a frame of reference, I think, mentally, Tony LaRusa talked about a little bit the other day. And also, it's just the mindset a manager has to take that he addressed that, you know what, when you have a situation like this, you can't, you can't focus on what you don't have. You have to focus on what you do. Yeah, it's I true. go by priorities. Our priority right now is to look with what we got. And... Uh, our staff believes, and so does the front office, that what we got, we can play with. But knowing, just looking at the history of, the, of our front office, you know, they're going to be considering alternatives. Um, but it's not, the, it's not the biggest priority. The biggest priority for us is to recognize the challenge and honor Eloy by how we compete. Good way to look at it. Only way you can. It is. It is. Uh, I'll, I'll give a, another White Sox reference to 2005 when Frank Thomas went down early in that year. And um, there was questions or not about whether the White Sox could hold on. You remember they went from 15 ahead to a game and a half before they yeah. stepped on the gas again. <laughs> uh, there were, you know, they had a good lineup, a very good lineup, but they missed that firepower from Frank. And, uh, and the fact is, is that Pitching, pitching, and more pitching 
were, were the reasons that the uh, the Chicago White Sox ended up winning a lot of those games, one to nothing, two to one, back in 2005. And of course, you know the dominant pitching they had in the 2005 World Series. And Bruce, who will start the most games in left field for the White Sox in 2021? No, who's on first, David? <laughs> I think Adam Engel still is that guy. I think he comes back from the injury, he solidifies the position, and they lean on defense and pitching. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, Engel is, to me, he's the ultimate fourth outfielder because he plays defensively above average in every position and maybe in center where he won't play much. Uh just a shade less than the ability of a Luis Roberts. So uh, from that, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to need somebody that gets on base more often, slugs a little bit more. But he, he has certainly come a long way in his development at age uh, 28 or 29. How hard is it to play left field after being a natural first baseman and being counted on to be the designated hitter? Well, you know what? Andrew Vaughn, he may or may not be that guy, but somebody who will know how capable – he is to kind of t- t- take on that challenge with no Chris Getz, our guest next here on Inside the Clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And as a team, you know, you look at what you have. And, you know, not what you don't have. We don't have them, but we have other guys. It's not going to be an open spot. Somebody's going to play there. And we looked at all our pluses. You know, we have a great family feeling and we're tough enough to deal with it and we've got our other strengths so for sure nobody's nobody's saying oh darn it none of our opponents are saying oh what a bread break they're all saying happens to everybody hang with it so we're gonna hang with it welcome back to inside the clubhouse here chicago sports radio 6-7 the score with bruce levine i'm david haw that was the voice of Tony La Russa talking about the unfortunate injury to Eloy Jimenez, knocking him out five to six months. Bruce, and we've had, um, we've had several people on our Rosen Hyundai text line ask this question. How does this compare the White Sox situation with Eloy to the Cubs in 2016 when Kyle Schwarber went down four games into that season and was lost for the entire year? Well, you know, Schwarber was uh, pretty, pretty much uh, just – evolving at that point had that huge home run in uh, 2015 uh in the uh wild card game kind of put him on the map some majestic homers but still evolving he was you know he wasn't the the crux to the middle of that order as of that you know you had bryant you know you had rizzo you had Baez, you had other people emerging at that point so Okay. From that perspective, uh, in 2016, when he went down, uh, it wasn't as big a deal as we saw. You know, uh, certainly they don't win the World Series without his contributions, okay. but they put up some magic, uh, magic wins and numbers uh, during that year without him. Okay, let me rephrase the question, numbers. Is it the American League Championship Series or the World Series that Eloy will come back and help win for the White Sox? The way that Schwarber did for the Cubs. Uh, your, your World Series in 2022, are you referring okay. to? Okay. 
Oh, so see, that would be a blow to the uh, to the hopes. I, of you White know, you Sox don't fans. you don't count on. Look, one th- one thing, David, uh, I've learned over covering sports for all these many uh, millions of years, you don't predict uh, long term injuries and how players are going to come out of it. It's just you know there are only a few Michael Jordans in this world who uh, played better and came back quicker than anyone could humanly uh, expect and uh, outperform uh, situations and injuries to the, that magnitude. With, with something like this, you know, it's just like, are you really going to bring him back that quick if you consider it to be that quick just to get him in the lineup? Or do you want El- Eloy Jimenez, who's signed for six more years, to be that whole product that you expect him to be for the rest of his career? That's a good way to put it. You know, I think long term, you have to be realistic. Short term, I think the Sox are dealing in the moment. They're reacting to the shock of the injury. They're trying to find creative solutions as well. You know, Andrew Vaughn in left field or going outside the organization. This was a lot to process quickly. So I think when, when Rick Hahn was asked about the timetable and this season, he said five to six months because I, I feel like part of him didn't want to rule out that possibility of him coming back because, number one, he didn't have enough information at the time. And number two, you don't want to kill hope. You don't want to the, – the day was bad enough without, without attaching the idea that this is season-ending. It already is career-changing potentially for Aloy Jimenez just because of the nature of the, of the injury, the mechanics of a swing – and when you're talking about a, a, a pectoral tendon rupture, that sounds to me almost like a football injury at times. And you don't see these a lot in the sport. And that's why I think they're, they're doing what they can do to get through this, this, this short-term crisis mode. And then we can talk about what's ahead at the end of the season next year and start to project some things like that. Yeah, uh, we expecting uh, Chris Getz. We might have him uh, a little bit later, but he will be with us to talk uh, White Sox baseball. The assistant GM and head of the minor leagues uh, will be talking about Eloy and a lot of the other uh, young uh, players that are coming into their own with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, so um, we'll so probably have okay, him in, so, in so we'll probably about five or six minutes. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, in the, in the let's meantime, three, one, two, six, forty-four, yeah. sixty-seven, sixty-seven. Bruce, and let's reset some of the top stories. Okay, we we've talked about Aloy. We'll continue to discuss that. We started the program at nine o'clock overnight. Nico Horner, ESPN reported, will likely start the season at the alternate site. The Cubs will make the decision to keep him off the major league roster. Service time is an issue if that is the way that it goes, because competitively he won the job but he will not be in the lineup on opening day and then the other element of the Cubs Anthony Rizzo according to John Heyman was offered a contract extension the terms of which we do not know but we do know according to Heyman's reporting that the Cubs made an offer Anthony Rizzo would like to settle by the deadline of of opening day and we'll see where that heads but those are the three main stories in Chicago baseball as we sit here this morning yep and uh look when you uh when you look at the Horner situation, you know you just you just wonder um, how that uh, when when they when David Ross does talk this afternoon, you you wonder how it's going to be if they're going to spin it, okay? Because uh, um, having too many good players for one position is a luxury. I think they're going to be going that way. Again, uh, you know it's contrary to 
what you want from an organization as far as, you know, a young guy doing everything he can, young guy looking good, young guy ready to take that position, and then replaced by some older guy that you haven't heard much of except for, you know, being around and being a decent player in the major leagues. And Sogard, uh, the possibility of Bodie playing there, and uh, Vargas making the team as a backup shortstop and uh, second baseman as well. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they spin it. That's why I don't like it. I, I don't like it because we went into this offseason, and, and many of us were critical at the Cubs' sort of inactive approach. Let's, let's call it that. And then – then they maybe had some found money, or, or they, they spent on Jake Arrieta. They brought him back to, to be the number two starter. They got Jock Peterson, who looks like he's had a tremendous spring. Nobody's hit more home runs in spring training than Jock Peterson. And the pitching rotation looked like they have the, – it's solid, Bruce. They've had a very productive month in, in Arizona. Yeah. And this news just kind of hits you like, okay, there's momentum here. There's, there's things that you can get excited about. And to me, having a competition and having the player that wins that competition be rewarded with a demotion, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails of a team that was headed in the right direction at the end of spring training. That's why I don't like it. I understand it, but I don't have to like it. Right. I, I, I agree with you from that perspective, from a, from a, a media point of view from a fan point of view I will you know I'll step in and say it doesn't it doesn't sound right especially when you talk about winning jobs in spring training and how in this era you can win a job in spring training uh, but you know this is a this is a depth issue that uh, they're they're dealing with right now and I, I know Sogard has played so well that they want that left-handed bat to be a part of the equation at second base for a while. They want him to be able to, he can, he can hit high in the order. He's done that for many teams, uh, Milwaukee as of late. Um, you know, so from that perspective uh, with Nico, they feel that he can continue his production down there uh, at triple a or the alternative site and uh, alternate site rather. Uh, okay. You, you the, hope that it you hope that it doesn't impact him psychologically. We will continue to follow the the future and the present and what the Cubs decide to do with Nico Horner and how they explain it. But right now, let's shift gears. Let's go to the White Sox. There's a lot of things going on in Glendale. There are a lot of decisions that have to be made. So we will bring in Assistant General Manager and Director of Player Development, Chris Getz. Chris joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park, or AP Ford. Dot com. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there. Hanging in there on a Saturday morning here. And obviously, it's not the week that White Sox fans will look back at fondly. Tough news to take with Aloha Jimenez, tremendous young player, five to six months out. We know the injury. Chris, we've been talking about the implications. Let's start here. The, one of the possibilities involves Andrew Vaughn becoming uh, a left fielder or playing left field. Tony Larusa talked about it. I think that we saw yesterday him play out there. How difficult of a transition is it for a player who hasn't had any experience beyond Class A to make that change at the major league level? Well, there's, there's certainly a learning curve for anyone, whether it's uh, you know just graduating into the major leagues uh, or or a position change. Uh, now. What, what I can speak to is, is Andrew Vaughn, the, the makeup of the kid, um, you know, very confident, understanding of himself, 
uh, both offensively and defensively. You know, certainly when, when you when you lose a player like Eloy Jimenez, replacing that is is not an easy task. Um, and you know, obviously we've had discussions with, with what we feel is best, both internally and externally. We'll continue to do so. Yesterday we were able to get Andrew Vaughn in left field, made some plays, didn't look out of place. Uh, it was really let's get him out there, let's get him comfortable, continue to work, and, and see where this goes. But uh, you know, Andrew's had a nice camp. Um, hopefully we can we can finish strong and healthy, and we'll see what, what the team looks like. We'll see what left field looks like come opening day. Chris, uh, I will preface this question by saying it's the ultimate second guess, okay? So I'll give you a chance to hate me before I ask the question. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we, saw, we saw Eloy have difficulty staying on the field many times. It goes back even to his career in the minor leagues with the Cubs of uh, injuring himself in the field. Uh, that said, uh, is there any way to protect a baseball athlete from injury, or is it just something that you have to allow uh, with situation like Eloy, knowing that he's injury prone, there's no other way to look at it, and his zest for wanting to play a position and getting better and being an integral part of a team both on offense and defense? Well, you know, every, every injury needs to be assessed, and, and certainly some guys get injured more than others, um, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, now every injury is caused by, uh, you know, something different in the field. Um, now, you know, you got to look at the preparation. You know, what, what is this guy, what, what is this player doing, uh, you know, whether it be off-season training uh, or it could be in-season pregame training? What, what, what does he put into his body? What are his workouts looking like? Um, there, there's, there, there's a workload management component to all of these types. Listen, do some guys, uh, unfortunately tend to, to get hurt more than others. Um, you know, and, and, you know, with, with Eloy, there, there's been some freak, uh, freak things that have happened in the outfield, uh, or, or just on the baseball field. And then there's, there, there's some that perhaps were a little bit more controllable. I, certainly the controllable ones are, are, are more frustrating than the other ones, even though they're, they're both frustrated. Um, you know, as a player gets more experience uh, in a new position, playing in the big leagues, uh, just playing baseball in general, you know, awareness on the field, uh, you, you hope can continue to grow. And, and all of a sudden you've got a sense of, you know, where the wall is over here, where, uh, where the center fielder is, or where the third baseman and, and shortstop, if there's a, a shallow uh, fly ball, those types of things, and then, you know, communication. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why there could be a breakdown, you know, in, in a play on a field. We assess it. Um, you know, this one right now we're still digesting. Uh, now we, we need to put, be able to put together the best team moving forward with, with losing, losing Eloy Jimenez. But uh, we'll, we'll continue to, uh, to, to work on uh, addressing those issues with Eloy, of course. But at this point um, – we got to focus on, on putting the best 26-man roster together that we can. Talking with White Sox assistant general manager Chris Getz here on The Score. Chris, when you look at last season and having been deprived of, of seeing some minor league players get that developmental opportunity, that year of seasoning and growth, how much does that limit your options in a case like this? Because we're talking about Andrew Vaughn 
and we're doing it because he looks like a major league hitter. He's in camp, and we know that he can handle maybe the mental aspect of making that transition. At least that is the hope. But how many prospects were eliminated from maybe that conversation because you didn't have a minor league season to, to evaluate them or to have them grow? Yeah, too, too many, unfortunately. Um, you know, we're not the only organization that was hit by this pandemic and, and trying to manage the best we can through this. You know, I've got a long list of players here that, that I feel like if they would have been able to, to go out there and play a double-A AA or triple-A, you know, we'd be in a different position here. But uh, these are the cards that we are dealt. I mean, you got Gavin Sheets, and I felt like the trajectory was, was pouring up, upwards. Yeah, Louis Gonzalez and Blake Rutherford and Mike Rodolfo, guys that, you know, cer- certainly we were able to, to get at the alternate site, uh, instructional league for some. Um, but these guys needed a season. They, they really did. And perhaps if they had that season, um, you know, we, we would be looking at, you know, maybe this issue with losing a player uh, in the outfield or, or anywhere on the roster. And, and we've got more options to point to. But uh, what are you going to do? We continue to go. Uh, you know, it looks like minor league camp's going to get off and running here shortly. And then we'll have a minor league season if things can come together, which, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of momentum on that front. And you just make the best of the situation. And we believe in these guys. These are baseball players. They're confident. Uh, I feel like our coaches have done a great job with, with, with what's been dealt with them. And these players are, are, are chomping at the bit to get going. And hopefully we can get them knocking on the door into the big leagues here shortly. Let's turn to some more pleasant things. And that is watching Zach Collins uh, play this spring has been quite uh, something different. Uh, the development of him as a hitter and as a catcher has really opened up an awful lot of eyes around baseball, not just in White Sox camp. Uh, talk about, um, you know, this tough decision now, if you're only going to keep two catchers, of uh, Lucroy, the veteran, and Collins, the guy who's really come on strong to kind of fulfill a lot of the things that you wanted him to uh, check off uh, after being drafted uh, number one a few years back. You know, I'd certainly throw Yerman Mercedes into that mix as well. Sure. And, and all three of them, very, very different players, uh, you know, but, but also every, every single one of them can help a major league club win. Obviously, Jonathan Lucroy's had uh, an excellent career. He's been an all-star. He's been an MVP candidate. He's a guy that, that, that's called, you know, he, he's caught some big ball games. He play, he's played in the playoffs. Uh, all those things are valuable. And then you have a guy like Zach Collins um, that, that obviously we identified in the draft years ago and have been developing that we felt like he had a, a, a chance to be an impact major league player. Um, you know, it, it hasn't been easy for Zach. He's continued to fight. This is definitely the best we've seen him. He's had, a, he's had an excellent camp. He really has. What, what's been most impressive is, you know, unfortunately I'm able to sit in these meetings, these, these catcher uh, catcher meetings with our pitching coaches and our pitchers, and we talk about, you know, just the daily work could be the prior game and game calling, different situations, and all the catchers and pitchers kind of have these discussions. But listening to Zach speak, he's really he's really coming along in terms of understanding what that position is about, is about uh, the presence, um, all those types of things, building the rapport with with, with the pitching staff, and then the, you point to the offensive side of things. Uh, you know, he's always been a guy that's had deep counts and certainly got on base and, and, and punished the baseball at times. He's, he's, he's now being a little bit more consistent 
with with taking advantage of uh, pitches he can drive, but he's still, you know, being very selective, um, you know, using the whole field. It's been fun to watch. He, he's never gone into camp and really had a chance to fight for something, and he, he's taking advantage of that. And, and Jonathan has as well, and Yerman, uh, he, he has too. So it's been, it's been a good camp for, for those catchers, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they showed up and they, they had something to fight for, uh, and they've, they've all taken advantage of it. Chris, before we let you go, obviously there's been a lot of attention surrounding Andrew Vaughn and Garrett Crochet and even Yelky Suspidus to, to some degree. Who are some of the prospects that have emerged had, and quietly had really productive springs and taken the next step in, in your eyes when, when you're evaluating the progress? Well, I know you, you, don't, you don't talk about Dylan Cease as a prospect anymore because he's got, you know, he's had some uh, major league time. Uh, but he's had a really, really nice camp. Um, this is the best I've seen him. It's been a couple years to see this type of consistency with all of this stuff. Um, so that, that's obviously um, that's nice to see. But beyond that, you know, Jonathan Stever, we got a little glimpse of him last year at the major league level. He, he, he pitched on, in a backfield game yesterday, had an excellent outing. He continues to grow. Jimmy Lambert is on the mend. Um, he, he's looked really sharp. We're going to continue to – to, to progress him, uh, to make sure that, that he, he can remain healthy and be an option at some point, but he's been impressive. Uh, we've got a young kid in Caleb Freeman, a, a, a reliever we took a couple of years ago. Um, we've got in the mini camp here who, who, who could be a weapon in the bullpen before you know it. Uh, a guy named Hunter Shriver, we got him in a trade. Uh, lefty um, coming off Tommy John. He continues to get healthy and making some good outings when, when given the opportunity. Um, so that, that's a group of names. I know that's a long list, which is, um, you know, nice, nice to have when, when you're in my position. Um, but I'm just looking forward to getting these guys out there and playing baseball because they deserve that. We appreciate lot, it so Chris. much, Chris. Yeah, thank you, David, and I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck. Thanks for uh, putting up with my uh, difficult questions because they're, they're, they're hard <laughs> to answer when uh, – the result is already in. It's it's not easy to answer those type of questions. So, <laughs> th- thanks much for that, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Chicago very soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend. Thanks, right, Chris. Chris Getz, the assistant general manager for the White Sox, also in charge of player development, and he, that was a long list of potential uh, contributors. But that is. It speaks to how deep the, the White Sox system has become, Bruce. I think they feel good about their prospects. I think they feel good about their season. Uh, this was just a really the worst news you could have uh, seen coming, and you couldn't uh, have planned for this, but they seem to be prepared as well as you could be to deal with an injury this bad to, to him and as, yeah. as, as their are David, one, one thing before we go to break uh, is you really find out what on paper means and what is reality of what you have when you have an injury like Jimenez to your team. And we're going to see if that depth is real for the Chicago White Sox. Good point, Bruce. And we will put some of our predictions maybe on paper and see what that's worth. Not much, but we will do that when we come (laughs) back on Inside the Clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. All right, Bruce, opening day, five days away. We can take a step back. We were fixated on 
what's going to happen to the Cubs and the White Sox here on Inside the Clubhouse every every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, 52 weeks a year talking baseball. But what do you think is going to happen in the American League and the National League in terms of MVP, in terms of Cy Young, and who's going to win the pennant? Let's start with the American League and your choices of for MVP and Cy Young. American League, I have a Garrett Cole of the Yankees as your Cy Young Award winner. I've been going up and back between Mike Trout and Glaber Torres for the MVP. I'm going to stick with Glaber Torres. Having a big comeback year, being the player that he was in 2019, and uh, leading uh, the Yankees to, a, a at the very least, a division title in the American League East. Look at you. Uh, you wear give me your American today, League. Give me your American. Yeah, you know, look, they have, they have uh, good quality players, and uh, they are uh, pretty well uh, set to uh, be the uh, talk of the American League along with the White Sox and, uh, you know, maybe a few others. But, um, well, we did not compare notes, but I will. I, I like your Yankees uh, pick because a month ago I would have said the White Sox. I, I don't think that the Alloy injury is insignificant, and that is not exactly breaking news. But when you lose a player of that caliber, I just think they can still win the division. I still think they can win 90-plus games. But when you get into October, it's a different story. I think you're going to miss him and that bat. So I think the Yankees are going to win the pennant. I think that Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young. I think he's going to be the pitcher that they are paying him handsomely uh, to be. And I'm going off the books. I'm going rogue with my MVP uh, choice. And this is partly maybe optimist, but uh, you never know. You got It's always somebody that's going to surprise you. Shohei Otani for the Angels. That's a good one. He yeah, could get a, 20 starts. He could get 20 starts. Yeah. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He could be a guy that when we're talking about valuable is your MVP. So I'm going Otani, uh, Cole, and the Yankees in the American League. Let's go to the National League. I, I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, National League, I'm going an old uh, friend of the Northsiders, you Darvish, as the Cy Young Award winner. Ouch. Uh, just being on top Ouch. of his game and pitching and pitching in – one of the most favorable baseball ballparks in all of baseball and uh, a division outside of, uh, you know, Colorado that uh, has some big ballparks. I, I think Darvish is going to flourish and uh, be the Cy Young Award winner. For the MVP, I've gone up and back between Lindor of the Mets and Tatis of the Padres. I'm going to stick with Fernando Tatis. I think he's if he can stay healthy, he's one of the more sensational baseball athletes that we're going to watch from beginning in 2021 and moving forward for the next 10 years. So you're Mr. Padre. So that's uh, if Darvish wins the Cy Young Award, how will people in Chicago handle that? I mean, the Cubs fans, that that you're happy for the guy, but boy, you would that would be tough tough to process. But I, I think that's a, that's a good call because he could have a big year. That is a great ballpark for him to pitch in. I'm going with another uh, pitcher from the West, uh, and I think that Walker Bueller is going to be the Cy Young Award winner. I think it's his time. A lot of attention nice focused pick. on guys on his in his rotation, uh, higher paid, more veteran guys like Bauer, like Kershaw. But I think Bueller is going to be the Cy Young Award winner who emerges. And I think I'm going to stay in in, uh, in Hollywood, in, in L.A. I'm going Mookie Betts with uh, the MVP. I think the Dodgers are going to. You know what? In, 
Is it possible, David, that up until last night you were going to pick Nico Horner? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good one, Bruce. That is a good one. I have made Nico Horner sound like an all-star second baseman. Yes, I have. And maybe Car! I would have. Yeah, I'm going with that. Let's go with that. He's going to bet over Horner just by a smidge. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the 36 days that Nico Horner has to spend in South Bend or wherever he's going to be in exile for the next month. Yeah, okay, Bruce, good one. So I will pick Mookie somehow, Betts some way MVP. I'm pick David. Somehow, some way I'm picking the Padres to beat the Dodgers. I don't know how that's going to happen. All right. Uh, you know the Dodgers are so loaded that it's really difficult to pick against them. But uh, I'm I'm liking the Padres and I'm liking some momentum for them uh, winning the pennant. I think that that's not a bad call. You, the Padres are are maybe the sexy pick. I'm going Braves. I think the Braves have been quietly consistent. I like their pitching rotation. They're they're really solid. Freddie Freeman is a guy that it's, it's easy to get behind. They've had a good offseason. They've got good young players. I'm going with the Braves and the Yankees in the World Series, and I do think that I'm in a Georgia state of mind, Bruce. I think that it's going to be the Atlanta Braves who will win the World Series in 2021. You're in a Georgia state of mind. It means you're going to split your vote somehow and not be sure until the end. <laughs> they said so. no politics, Bruce. They said oh, yeah, sorry po- about that. No, no politics. Hey, David, uh, great things coming up next. Uh, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody sucks so no one else has to from 11 to 2. Uh, Bulls basketball tonight. And don't forget our good friend Matt Spiegel tomorrow on Hit and Run. Uh, one of oh, his yeah. guests will be Sean Marshall from 9 to 12. A must-listen on hit and run going into its 17th year now on the score. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write Cubs and Sox every day at 670thescore.com. David, enjoyed it. Have a great week. Talk to you in opening series. Thank you, Bruce. Next and weekend. yes, Beegs tomorrow is on hit and run. He Tune in for that. People get ready for the Loyola basketball game. This afternoon, the Ramblers are going to beat Oregon State. Uh, That's another prediction. But until we get to tip off, yes, Mark Grody, Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage is here on the score. Thank you to Adam Studzinski, our producer, kept us on the rails. Thank you for listening here every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, inside the clubhouse. For For Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.